We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Bradfo Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradfo Show. That's delicious. Boom sauce. Boom sauce. It's that time of year where we get all the players who are coming back from Japan on the worldwide tour after winning the World Series on the podcast. Uh, Hector Velasquez is next week, but first up is Brian Johnson. What's going on, Brian? Can you hear me, Brian? Yeah, I can hear you now. I couldn't, I couldn't hear you. Just oh, you, you missed you missed my awesome intro. Oh, I all I heard was something World Series. Can you hear me, Brian? Oh, okay, one second. All right. Well, anyway, so uh, so hey, thanks for joining me. And you 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 have your T-shirt. You said your mom's using it as a dish rag, right? Correct. Yes. No, not a dish rag, but as a boat shirt. And was like, "Wow, what is this?" Oh, okay. And and what was your answer? Yeah, I said it's a boom sauce shirt, mom. Have you never heard of the beer? And she was like, "Nope, never heard of it." Well, and then we just they just left it at that. And and then and then so because we are we are our goal is to basically have everyone around the world experience the the deliciousness of boom sauce, which I know you have as well. Uh, we will send her a six pack exact tomorrow. Okay, yeah, okay. that'll work. She, okay. I, I can't promise she's going to enjoy it. I know. She is more of a wine drinker than that, but in, in case people don't know, your mom's famous, correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, got to be. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, she was a doubleman uh, twin. She was, yes. a, which Joe Castiglione, it was like, is right in the wheelhouse. This is like that scratches where Joe itches. The the, okay. the the double. I mean, no, you know, I don't. I'm just saying the doublemint commercials. That's back in the day. So. Uh, Yes, Joe Castiglione brings that up every single time you come in the game. I just want to make that clear. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, so anyway, how you doing? All right? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm actually just sitting in my house watching uh, TV. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, the uh, so what do you what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with this trip to Japan? Let's start with a trip to Japan. So in case people don't know. Brian Johnson went to the uh, trip to Japan with the, the Major League All-Stars to play the Japanese uh, League All-Stars or whatever. Uh, I guess the first obvious question would be, what is a thing that, that where you're like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know it was going to be like this? Um, in baseball terms or like culture terms? No, uh, anything. Culture terms. Um, okay, yeah. I didn't know you could eat the raw meats that, that are available. <laughs> so I went to dinner. I had been there before, 2010. But I kind of just, ironically enough, I would basically hang out with Jackie Bradley and we would go to like TGI Fridays and Outback just because we knew what we were eating. Like we just didn't want to, it was weird for like us being. I mean, I was 18. He was probably 19. And 
we didn't do do much. We just went to normal restaurants. So this time I told my, my brother went with me. I said, hey, my translator from when I was here in 2010, it wants to go to dinner. Let's go. But I want to go somewhere kind of like authentic and, and different. And he was like, all right, let's do it. So me, my brother, Whit Merrifield, Hector Velasquez and his friend, and my translator from 2010, we went to this restaurant and they brought out the appetizers and it was ground beef, like not cooked, like the patty of ground beef with an egg on it, Ugh. like not, a not cooked egg um, and roast beef and then some other meat, other meat, didn't get the name of it uh, and I ate it all. You did? Uh. I mean, I, tr- I tried it all. Wait, so it's it's basically raw hamburger, right? Yes. Okay. Raw raw roast beef. Yeah. Like, which that wouldn't taste pretty normal because, I mean, you know, like that's pretty normal. But then the other one was just like, I don't know, it was weird. And then they brought out like different meats and like it was one of those where you sit at a table and they cook the meal in front of you, like in the in the like the little grill, like it was kind of like a yeah yeah like, yeah like bisutaki, yes. So. They brought out the first one, and then I asked my translator, hey, what is this meat? And they were like, all right, this is the meat that's above the knee of a cow. And then they were like, this is the pork belly. And then they were like, this is cow tongue. And they are just throwing all this food. I mean, it was just very, very different. I mean, we ate it. It was actually, the food was very good, but it was cooked. <laughs> and then they, off- they also offered, like, raw chicken. You could just eat chicken raw. Really? Yeah. Wait, so how? Chicken was available, and they had uh, bacon. And she, they had bacon was one of the things on the table, and they threw it on the grill, maybe 30 seconds on each side, and put it on my plate. And I was like, um, can you tell her to put mine back on there for like another minute on each side? Like, I just, you know, I'm just saying I wasn't used to that. So, first of all, why did you go to this? So, what, what, how, did, how does this happen where you where, you, you and Hector Velasquez were the two Red Sox representatives. It was, it was basically like a couple days after the World Series, after the World yeah, Series Yeah, we had parade. found out, like, I think right before we left to go to Houston. Like, we had played Houston for two games. The, uh, right before the second game at home, they told us. Or they told me. And um, I know that some other guys on the team had been offered, but, you know, they have families and stuff, so it's much harder to do that kind of stuff. So... Um, they asked me and I was like sure and they said I could bring somebody uh, you know whether you know, my family member or whatever I wanted to bring and I brought my brother so um, yeah and then when the MLBPA called me they said hey if you know any other pitchers because it's hard to get pitchers to do that I guess because a lot of guys shut it down for so long so and Hector you know he's still throwing I was like and Hector was like hey if they ever ask if anybody else wants to go that you know say my name and I said there I said his name and I told uh, Alex, or he told Alex that he would want to do it. Alex reached out to Eddie Romero, and then before you know it, it was Hector and I. How long were you there for? Uh, we were in Hawaii for three days, and then Japan for like seven-ish, maybe eight. Ah, how, and you brought your brother? How can you not do that? And yeah, it was great. I mean, it was it was a really good time. And all, all the guys on the team were really cool. Like, what, You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. All right. Well, the uh, so what was so what was the other highlights? What was the, how many did you pitch? Did you actually pitch? Yeah, I actually I threw five and some change innings. Didn't do well at all. Wouldn't go look at those numbers. Um, uh, 
Um, but it, it, it's just a total different style of baseball. Like, it's just totally different. Like, you know, here, everyone, it's a lot of strikeouts and a lot of home runs. There, it's zero strikeouts with a lot of base hits. So it's like, they're very good at what they do. So, like, you know, I guess in Major League Baseball, you see more of, like, a guy hits a single, a guy walks, and then runs into it. Maybe there's an out. So now you have one or two outs with a runner on first and second, let's say, and someone runs into a ball and hits it into the gap or hits it out for a three-run homer. Those guys are trying to string, like, four or five hits. It's like single, 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 double, single, single, single. And before you know it, it's like, whoa, what just happened? And, and maybe in, like, 10, 15 pitches. So did you ask? Go ahead. They're just very, very good at what they do, and they don't try to do something they're they're not prepared for. Like they're not trying to hit home runs unless you're there. They have one of their guys that is a home run hitter. You know. Right. So did you ask about you know the guy who's getting posted the uh, Kikuchi? Um, no, I I didn't I didn't see any of that until I got back anyway. So uh, okay. I, didn't, I didn't know. So you were not on a scouting trip. No, I didn't. Um, did he even pitch versus? Nah, no, probably not. But you could have asked about him. Yeah, I could have asked somebody about him, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, so any other highlights? Any other highlights before we move on? Because I, I did feel like, like it was a, sort of a weird segue from winning the World Series to jumping on a plane to um, to Hawaii into Japan. I think I just I found that sort of bizarre. Yeah, and and, and it was. I'm not gonna lie, it was not easy to kind of lock it back in. Like, like after that high of a high, like it was kind of hard to come to terms. Like, hey, I got to lock it back in and pitch again. Right. Um, yeah, because you hadn't pitched. I mean, when was the last no, time? I hadn't pitched. My last outing was versus the Yankees at home, like last series of the year. And did you? I mean, did had you? I know that you, you're supposed to be throwing, but once you get to the World Series, you aren't gonna. That, that's it. I mean, you aren't on the roster, so you aren't gonna be well, throwing. So I I knew versus Houston, so I kind of stopped throwing. Well, I played catch enough. When you know Stephen Wright, you know tweaked his knee, so it was like there was like you know I don't know who was living in town to it, but everyone was like, hey, like keep going on your routine, like until they make this decision. And um, and then so that that was basically the Yankee series. So I didn't throw much at all the Yankee series. And um, and then when the Houston series, when they told me that's when I started to ramp it back up, and you know I waited a week and threw, you know I threw a bullpen or every three or four days. Was there was there any um, any of those series that you actually thought you're going to be in the roster that you thought oh, I have a good chance? I mean, like Pomerantz makes it the last the last go round there for the World Series, so it's, um, it's not like it was out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I don't know. Not, I mean, I don't know. I never really thought about not making it or making it. I kind of just stayed at that point in time, ready. Just for you never know. Like I don't. I don't it's kind of kind of tough to say like you know many people ask me like hey was there a chance you were going to make it and it's like who knows I mean shoot I bet I mean I bet Drew for a little while thought he wasn't going to make oh, it oh he said he wasn't yeah he's, he said he thought he wasn't going to make it yeah that's yeah so it's like you never know and you know at that point in time I you know there maybe could have been but you know Alex was still great all year with being you know very vocal to us about like our roles or not our roles but like hey you know if this situation prevents itself be ready so Alex never came up to me and said, hey, like, there could be something going on here or this or that. So, you know, I, I never really had the thought of me being 
on it, really. So before, well, somebody on uh, Facebook Live here asked the questions, how do you and the team feel about playing in London halfway through the season since we're, we're, we're going to jump off the Japan thing? It is a good question. I mean, this isn't exactly... No, yeah. This isn't exactly... This isn't exactly the um, going into Japan like they did in 2008. Going to Japan, going to London is, is different. It's not the enormous time difference, but still, it's in the middle of the season. When that came out, why were you guys? Were you guys like, oh man? And don't give me like the oh, it's going to be a great experience and baseball is going to expand over to England. Well, I will say when we went when we were over in Japan, of the MLBPA people were there, and a lot of people that worked for the MLB were there. And I know they're very excited about, you know, us going over there. And, and honestly, I've never been to Europe. So I I personally think it's going to be really, really cool. But honestly, a lot of the guys, we haven't really even spoke about it. I mean, I'm pretty sure that conversation will come up a lot more for training this year. But it was so far away that nobody really, really spoke about it. Okay. But what, well, what do you think about it? I, I think it's going to be cool. Okay. You know, I think, you know, it, they lined it up very well with the off days. So we haven't... And like you said, the time change is not huge. It's not 14 hours. No, no. It's, yeah. So, and we have those two off days to kind of adjust. So, I mean, I, I mean, how long is a flight from Boston to London? I don't even know. I don't know six hours, something like that. So, okay. So I mean, on your on your plane, probably like to, three. <laughs> probably. So it's like going to L.A. Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, it's not. It's so, not. It's just. It's just. So, well, there's a lot we of have chaos. Two, two days to adjust. Yeah, I guess. I mean, shoot, this year we went we went from Baltimore to Seattle and played that following day. So I don't see why, you know what I'm saying? Right, sure. Well, all right. I mean, it's it's all good. Listen, it's my wife's, uh, it's my 25th wedding anniversary, so I'm very selfish. So I look at it as a built-in vacation, a built-in well, I present. I think it's going to be. Have you ever been to Europe? Nope. Oh, yes, I have. Because I've been to Finland. I mean, I'm sure everyone else has been to Finland. Yes, I've been to Finland. Oh, I've never been anywhere. Oh, there you go. Like, well, in fairness, Tallahassee is sort of like the Finland of, uh, of Florida. Um, yeah. So, what? So you weren't on the World Series. You weren't on the playoff roster. What was it like being around? What was it? What was it like being the one of these guys who, you know, you're around, um, you're throwing a little bit, but you're there for you know moral support. You're there. I, I would imagine. Imagine you still you sit in on the meetings and things like that. So it's a great experience to know how all this stuff works. It's because it is a whole different dynamic, right? I mean, it's everything's intensified. Scouting reports. Yeah, I, um, the scouting reports, you know, obviously versus the Yankees were very similar because we've played them so much. Um, Houston was, you know, I, I mean, I would say scouting report-wise, you just, you just know the depth of each pitch. You know, each pitch means so much more not so much more. You just you feel it. I don't know if that makes sense. But, yeah, yeah. You know, sure. in the World Series, you know, you're kind of like every pitch. You're kind of like you're just kind of like okay, okay, here we go. Here we, and it's just every pitch, you're you're kind of locked in. And, and um, I, I think it was very, very. Um, I, I think the biggest difference for me was not being on the roster and knowing how to, you know. A, Kind of, kind of stay out of guys' ways in the beginning of the game, like you know, just because they, you don't want to be a guy that you're you're joking around and running around the locker room because you know you have no zero factor in this game. So, kind of giving guys space, but ultimately, like you said, like during the game, like if anyone needed something, you just run up and grab it, or you were just trying to help out in any way you could, or you know, if you 
saw somebody doing something, you're like, hey, maybe this or that, or just, just certain ways you're just trying to help out any way you can. Yeah, well, you know, and, and you talk about how every pitch is important. The one thing that was refreshing talking to guys after that Yankee series is was that they that that they admitted that that environment, especially that last game, is actually it wasn't just hey I'm just playing baseball and I'm tuning everything out. That that environment was completely different. That was the crap your pants type of environment that you're never ever ever gonna feel again. You're not gonna feel in Houston. You're not gonna feel in L.A. And no, no. I mean that was you would no, agree no, with that, right? Even in the dugout, you're kind of looking up. You know, you're just kind of looking around. It's like. Oh my God! Like, what is going on right now? It was kind of, it was kind of surreal. Like, my, you know, my parents asked me, like, "What's it like?" And I'm like, "It's like, uh, it's crazy. Like, it's, it's berserk. Like, people are going nuts." Yeah, it, but it was, yeah, it wasn't like it. It's certainly the Houston crowd wasn't bad, and LA was what it is. But it was nothing was like that Yankee Stadium crowd. Well, and, and you know, it, it's you know, people want to say Fenway was was like that and in, in, in certain ways get get loud and crazy but i mean yankee stadium craig got a beer thrown right over his head <laughs> i mean i feel like that never got brought up yeah well it, i mean that was the was that the last game that was the last game that's why the last game i, 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 I guess you're right when you think about it like that but i mean a beer went over i mean it missed him by a good bit but i mean i mean still Oh yeah, no. Listen, if, if if there is another game that is being brought up, but it was the chaos. You're sort of one, yeah, yeah. So yes, yes. There was a lot of stuff in the playoffs, Brian. That that it was sort of it had little to do with what was on the field. Like whether it was throwing the beer, the the head, the boombox thing, um, the bre- yeah, yeah, the yeah, Bregman's Instagram, the, the Instagram video. Yep, yep. But, but why? You why? Know, because about, because. Know, I, I, that was one thing our older guys made it a point of, like, hey, we're going to worry about us, and we're going to go out there, we're going to play our game. Like, we're not going to do any of that stuff. Yeah, but still, like, go back to the boombox. Like, after the fact, some some of the guys were like, oh, yeah, it motivated us or whatever. But it, I guess, like, when you're playing it, maybe you're not – when you have a runner at second, you're not thinking about – the boombox. Oh, you're not thinking about. Oh man, remember when he walked by with that no, boombox? No, that, that was really that was really disrespectful. How dare they? Yeah, no. I mean, the only thing you do, and I'm a big believer in this, is like you're just don't poke the bear. Just like let it. Just why? Why even throw more fuel in the fire? Like it's Yankees, Red Sox, or it's you know ALCS. The moment's big and like big already. Like all, all you're doing is giving another, the other team a little bit extra momentum. Maybe they're a little bit extra, like juiced up. I don't. I don't know. Maybe that's just the way I think. It's like kind of just. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, of course. But it's it's because you saw the littlest things: a boombox, an Instagram post, um, probably something with the Dodgers that I'm forgetting. But the littlest thing is going to be a big deal. That's just the way it is. So if you can avoid that, absolutely. I don't think you guys did it. Not that I remember, he really did anything that. Well, we didn't do any. We didn't do it. Until afterwards, right? Yeah, you, you were chicken. But, yeah, <laughs> like we didn't play the New York, New York until after, or you know, nothing was in Houston. But that was the only really thing that we did. But well, when 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 you're going through all that stuff, you know, we kept saying, you know, Cora obviously had a pretty good postseason run. 
and he's making moves like sit and hold, you know, after he hits the kids for the cycle, things like that. And and everything's working out. Do you are you guys internally in that clubhouse saying, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe how many things are going right for us," or in, in how many things are going right in the moves that he's making? Because some of the moves, whether it's the lineup or whatever it is, you're like, "Yeah, you know, really, I really think Brock should be playing here," or why isn't you know this happening or that happening? It was, what, what was it like talking amongst yourselves? You can say that now. Um, honestly. This might sound weird, but at least from what I talked to, or nobody even brought it up. You just Honestly, did. like nobody really about like the sitting Brock or, or just for other reasons because he's hot or it was kind of like, hey, that's Alex's job. He knows what he's doing. We're going to trust him. Right. But that's and no one better than I really. Not even the players that were, you know, being affected by it. You know, and, and everyone was like, and I think that's part of why we had so much success was because it was more of a team base than Brock was like, Hey, you know, I'm assuming I didn't go up to Brock and say, Hey, how do you feel about being in the lineup? Right. Right. But I'm assuming that Brock was like, Hey, like shoot AC. If you feel like that's the right move, let's do it. I just want to win. And yeah. I feel like that's how everybody was. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you go over to the Dodgers, for instance, the Dodgers, you have basically a platoon of four guys. And, and some of these guys are probably like, why are we doing this? You know, why are we take, why are we sitting our, our best hitters, here and and there's some of that i would imagine but for you guys it didn't seem like there was and you have success when you have success you're like all right you know what whatever he says it's gonna work i would imagine there's some of that yeah i mean i think that's just kind of part of it and buying in i think we all just bought in yeah well there you go as kind of as lame as that sounds or as cliche as that sounds like we all just kind of bought into what i mean even even like, you know, I can only relate to what I personally felt throughout the year. You know, even when people were making a big deal because I was doing a lot of four and a third, four and two thirds, Alex talked to me prior to these games. And I, and, and so everyone thought I was going to be upset. And I knew what was going on. So it, it, that's just part of the process of trusting him. I mean, that is, that's a good point. I totally forgot about it. You led the league in four and two third outings, and, and a lot of them you would have absolutely been able to get through and yeah, brandon workman personally thanked me at the end of the year for how many wins he got for just right there for one out there there, 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 you, there you go the um so what was the thing what was the thing that what was the most uneasy that you guys felt in the entire year was there any time and don't you know you win 108 games you win the world series you go through the postseason but was there um, was there I'll be honest yeah i think for for me it was the uh whole players weekend okay oh like, in tampa kind of like we just got swept in tampa like and i i wasn't up there last year for the players weekend but apparently we got swept the year before and yes. it was like what are we wearing these things for <laughs> <laughs> so you've so and i remember that because i remember thinking hey you know what this might not be a collapse but this is a reminder of how collapses happened where yeah you know but that would be my only time where I felt like, yeah, maybe maybe people are, are starting to worry a little, not worry, but feel a little like feel like they're not playing up to their capabilities. But do you got do you um, do you remember the uh, the obvious? You didn't have any. Uh, Porcello told me this. You guys didn't have any really team meetings at all. No. Really, I mean, which is and you like I said you hadn't been for a full season of major league team, but for any team that's almost unheard of. 
Um, right? Correct? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're right. We didn't have we didn't have one team team held meeting or anything like that once all year until until after the uh, the 18 inning game. Yes, that was the one. That was the one, and 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 a lot of people, you know, it's funny because everyone freaks out that night when everyone's looking for a story angle. Everyone's freaking out over the Chris Sale doing the, you know, like he's got two pitches, he's got two pitches. Were you in the dugout for that? Oh yeah, I was in the dugout for that. Yes. Were, were you near him? Uh, I was. Uh, once I kind of saw it happening, I kind of went <laughs> together into the dugout. <laughs> Well, anyway, so everyone's freaking out about them and screaming that. But as you said, everyone sort of like was turning the other way because it was awkward. Um, but the real the real storyline from that game was the um, the the meeting afterward. Everyone says this. Everyone says this, Brian, that like that that was said that what Cora did after that game, after Evaldi goes the six innings, after the 18 inning loss, what he did was just hit the right chord so much that it resonated that you just felt completely different walking out than you did walking in. Ultimately, after he spoke, the vibe in the locker room, you wouldn't have known we just lost an 18 inning game. Yeah. You would not have realized. You know, we knew the scenario, like the, you know, you could just see on Navaldi's face that he was just, I'm not upset with, I don't know if it's the right word, but just disappointed that we lost. He pitched his nuts. I mean, I, Still to this day, my in my opinion, I've ever seen in a World Series. I I, I don't know. Like I'm, it was it was just crazy. Maybe it's just because it was live. Or, but you know, when Alex spoke. You know, when we haven't had a meeting all year. You can attest to this. Whenever a boss wants to have a meeting, you assume it's going to be bad. So everyone's like, I was. I, I remember, you know, throwing my jersey in the in the laundry bin, and they're like, Hey, we have a team meeting, and everyone was like, Oh, oh God, like what, what, what's 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 going to happen? And it was all nothing but positive. He took every positive out of that game and reinforced it and said, we got this. And what was the thing? So what did he say? I mean, I know he's... What, what? Um, I mean, it was basically like, that was an unbelievable baseball game. And essentially, Nate stepped up huge for us. Literally, we had like a standing ovation for Nate. Like everyone started clapping for Nate because of how much he deserved that. And it was just, you know, he just spoke like, that was probably the toughest game for us all year. And it happened to be in game four of the World Series, or game three of the World Series. Um, and he's basically let us know how proud he was of us. So when you, uh, so you go through the next couple of games, and still in that, that next game, you know, Bueller's dealing, right? And yeah, he, uh, threw, he threw really well. Was that that game? I'm getting it mixed up now. Is that the... No, Bueller threw that game, the 18-inning game. He threw the 18-inning game, and then uh, Rich Hill comes out, and he's dealing. Uh, yes. Yes, he's absolutely dealing. And so it's not like, you know, you have this meeting, and all of a sudden all everything's solved, but it's everything, I guess, ultimately was solved. Yeah, I mean, think about it. If we don't have that meeting, and Rich Hill does what he does that game, everyone's kind of looking left and right. Kind of like, hey, like, what's going on? What's going on? There is no looking left or right that game. It right. was just kind of knew we were going to settle in at one point in time. It just, you know, maybe it just took Chris to, <laughs> to yell at some, he yelled. Not he didn't really yell at anybody. He just kind of yelled. Well, no, he didn't yell at anybody. I'm not saying he's yelling at anybody, but I mean, he yelled. It was clear he yelled. And he gave, and yeah. the, the thing I said was great about that 
was that he didn't give like the two pitches like the normal two. He gave like the kill shot two, where he turned it like sideways, like the two pitches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I just remember everyone kind of walked by. And I, kinda, <laughs> I remember making eye contact with Devers, and Devers kind of gave me the oh boy. <laughs> uh, um. So, uh, so you win the World Series. Was winning the World Series what you thought it would be? I know that that's like an, a, a layup question for a lot of things, but you know these are the things I, I actually do want to know. Like the, the yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't settle in until a couple of, like it didn't settle in until we got back to Boston. Okay. Like when we're in LA after the games, it's like you know it's kind of like everyone just kind of living on the high and then it's like it doesn't really settle in until we got back to Boston like when we got back to Boston that next day the day before the parade like it was it's like the parade was unbelievable like it was that was crazy yes how much do you remember of it everything okay (laughs) valid question (laughs) it was a valid question (laughs) <laughs> yeah, let's, hey, listen, this is all about honesty at the Retro Show. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. No, 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 it's all good. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have a good time. Yeah. What was it? Was that what you expected it to be? Uh, well, no, I actually went into the day kind of expecting it to just ride around the boat, wave at people. But then when stuff was like getting thrown over my head, yeah, and stuff, I mean, beers and shooters, I was like, all right, well, this is happening. So. Did, what what was your take on like the throwing? Because you, we have the clip of the. Well, beer. I was ultimately a little worried because we had kids in our in our uh, in our in our boat. So like you know, Brandon had his son, uh, Ryan had his two kids, and you know, Henry had their daughter. So it was like, you know, it was, I was a little worried that you know, no one meant it maliciously, but what if one of the kids got hit? Oh yeah, well that's. I think it was the intentions were good. Like the one that hit Cora, I think. Or, or hit the World Series. I don't think the intentions were bad. I don't think that people are going to say, I'm going to wind up and chuck this beer at the manager of the Red Sox. No. 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 So, so yes. But I just think people need to wait for eye contact. And once you have the eye contact, then you can do it. Okay. But like, or like the wave up. So, like, that was fine. Once I started waving it up, there was no, like, you can't say anything. But like when you're when the beginning where we're just sitting there and it's getting thrown over our hands, we're like, oh god. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's fair. I mean, that's fair. So is then uh, then you go to Japan. So good for you. Awesome. Yeah, literally the next day was on a flight to Japan oh, or to, to Hawaii. What a terrible flight that must have been. Uh, um, I actually slept. So I had a, from Boston to uh, San Fran, San Fran to Hawaii. I. I legit rob slept from boston to uh like at least right over nevada right over that area oh there's nothing better than sleeping on a flight and, and i i woke up and this is how bad my brother was like watching a movie and i woke up and i looked around and the um stewardess right there and he was like oh he's with us <laughs> like that's how long i had been sleeping that's kind of like a waiter coming by the west restaurant yeah. or a waitress and you eat your food really fast. I'm like, oh, did you enjoy that? Like, yeah, thanks for making me look like I haven't eaten in months. Thanks. What was the thing? What was the thing when you talk about it, like the the actual that night? Forget about before the parade. When you guys clinch at Dodger Stadium, you're in there. You're in the clubhouse. Do you feel like that's like you said? It doesn't really kick in. Do, it's almost like you don't know how to act. You don't know how to because you you don't know how you yeah perfect perfect. You don't know how to act, but you. 
you're just kind of going like you're just kind of trying to have the time of your life but i will say that locker room was way too small yes to have that amount of people with the media and players and front office and well you guys went back to you guys went back in the um like the yeah the cafeteria and i remember one point sales like everyone out but you know it is what it is it's yeah, you can't. He knew. He just was trying to clear a little bit of. He thought that maybe somebody actually might listen to him. We <laughs> have to clear out a little bit of space. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So, uh, was there anything that you know the 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 celebration, like the champagne and all of that aside, was there anything that anybody said that that, was a, that you looked at somebody and it meant a lot? Like, for instance, for me, like when I looked at Porcello, I looked at Porcello and. This was the image of what this, like, the, you work and you work and you work and you work to get to something you finally get to. Like, that was a look on his face. That was the emotions I saw. I don't know for you looking at any of these other guys, and you can't say Porcello because I already said him. Anybody I'll else? I'll say um, David. Okay. Um, he didn't say anything. He didn't, you know, even really do anything. He just kind of had that contagious smile on his face. Yeah. That it was like, we did it, you know, like, it was like, it was only, it was a smile that you, you looked at him and you could do nothing but smile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that for me, that was it. And, you know, obviously knowing how hard Chris battled, you know, you know, trying to stay healthy and then stay in there and, and do all that. And so, I mean, those, those two for me, um, and obviously, I'm not allowed to say Rick. I would definitely include Rick in there. You're not allowed. But I'm not allowed to say it because no. you said it. Yeah. But, you know, especially those three guys had such an influence on my year. So they, I know I really just, you know, they helped me out a ton. So seeing them really meant a lot. Like seeing that joy for them meant a lot for me. What about, uh, you know, Valdi? So Valdi's a free agent now. I don't know if you knew this. Yes. Yes. And um, we guys, we got to catch up on the hot stove stuff now that you're back from Japan. And, you know, I, I, I find it baffling that, you know, when we see these projections, when we see these projections for the free agency and everything else. Well, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. The, the, that, you know, you have Patrick Corbin. Okay. Yeah. You know, he's really good in Arizona. Okay. You have Dallas Keiko. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's been good in Houston, but he's thrown 5,000 more pitches in Evaldi. I, I don't think that you can discount like a guy doing it in Boston on the stage that he did it. And I mean, when you talk about doing it in a Red Sox uniform with, with that type of pressure, there is, I've seen plenty of guys who they thought could do it in Boston and couldn't do it in Boston. I think they have to value this when they're looking at Evaldi. Yeah, especially throwing versus the teams he's reverse. I mean, with that pressure versus those lineups, it was incredible. Yeah. So you're saying that they should re-sign Nathan Evaldi? Oh, I mean, I would love nothing more. I, would, I think he's a great guy. He's a great pitcher, but he's even a better person. Like, he, he's, you know, as much as he probably was nervous and felt the pressure – he walked in with a big smile on his face or no matter, I mean, he was just always a great guy. Like never once, like I would come in and he might've had a bad outing and I was pitching after him. And the next day I'd walk in and he'd come up to me, give me a high five or a, a pound and say, happy start day. Like, go get him today. Like just stuff he didn't have to do that he did was incredible. How far, uh, how was it for you? Like the, you went through your first, because you're out of options. So initially it was, you had a good spring training 
you make the team, you still don't sort of know what's going to happen. And it turns out really well as you're, you know, Alex Cora cited you a million different times in the postseason is one being one of the key guys uh, to oh. Alex Cora, your manager. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. You know, because, you know, who? I thought you said Dallas Corbin. I was like, who is that? Yeah. Dallas Corbin did too. From the San Antonio Spurs, 1986. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, Cora said, you know, it cited like how important you were, and it worked out. It worked out. What was it like for so your first major league season as a, a just from stem to stern, from opening day to the World Series? You came a long way. I mean, you came a long way from even when you pitched that shutout um, against Seattle a couple of years ago. What was it? Yeah, a couple of years ago. I mean, yeah. you've come a long. You've, I mean, must be, you might feel like a, a completely sort of different person. Yeah, I mean, so I, so that's that's a to go back to, you know, the actual pitching part of it, but then to go through the, the like we've talked like, like a million times about how the, the obstacles that you had starting in Lowell, getting hit by the thing and you pitch and everything like, or the the whatever the hit, you went through a ton of different stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't look at it like I just look at it like it's you know maybe from the outside looking in it looks like oh my god this guy's been through so much but I don't I don't really look at it like that it's just kind of stuff you would say that you have to deal with it's just like anybody else it would be you know things happen but did that, I mean not, did you look back at it think yeah things happen like you you have. The anxiety issue you have, you know, the carjacking, you have the being hit, you have the the physical problems, you have all of that. Things happen, but the picture that you became now, the the picture that was cited as by Alex Cora as the guy, as the guy who meant so much, did all of that help lead to this? Um, or are you too young? I, to, to, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to like say like, oh my goodness, you're so young. But are you too young as everything's just still going that you're that you're, you don't yeah, realize? No, no, no. I, I understand what you're saying, and I would say part of that is like I'm still living in the moment. So yeah, you don't have time to reflect. So I think that I would say the the depression and anxiety thing really, and and you know, and I would be discrediting the whole being hit in the face thing, but that didn't that really you know messed with me a little bit. Um, you know, trusting that every ball that was put into play wasn't going to hit me in the face. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me was looking back at the depression, anxiety thing, because I was in such a low spot to where I just didn't even really want to be playing baseball anymore. So it really helped me put like after a bad outing, it kind of made me have perspective on things to where like, you know, things could be worse. So I think it really helped me learn to put the past in the past. And if it was a bad outing, you know, Forget it. And how many times do you have to draw on that? What do you mean? No, how many times do you have, like you said, like it's, do you, you had some really good outings, you had some bad outings this year. After the yeah. bad outings, after the lowest points, do you have to, like, do you have to remind yourself of exactly what you just said? Um, yeah. I mean, there's point times where I'd come in the locker room and I'd be upset, like, I remember, I remember one game specifically in Toronto where I went to seven innings and I gave up all the runs in that one inning, and I was I was really really mad at myself because I, I knew I shouldn't have given in thrown a fastball first pitch, and I was just really really mad at myself for 
you know, giving up those runs when I had such a good outing, I felt like. You know, if you look at the box score, it was like, whoa, what happened? But I felt so good for the first five innings. I think I had gone like five innings, maybe two hits, one hit. And um, and then you look back, and I went seven innings, four or five runs, and it was like, God, I was really, really mad. And I just, you know, I went back to my room and took a deep breath, and you know, I just tried to, and I think, you know, that's the first time in a long time where I really just kind of was like, look, like, one outing could be worse. Like, put it behind you. Get to work for the next one. So where do you, where do you go from here? Where, I mean, it's it's obviously you, you, you make it through your whole first year in the major leagues. You win a World Series. You're a big part of it. But I would imagine ultimately your goal is to be a – you know, a guy that has a spot in a starting rotation. And I'm, I'm not going to say that you don't, you're not accepting of any other role. I'm not accept, saying you're maybe someday you land in the bullpen. I don't know, but everybody's goal would be to be in a starting rotation. So where do you go from here? Did you, is it, do you just come in? Do you say, Hey, listen, I'm going to try to earn a spot or what, what's going on? I mean, I think I'm more of the person that's going to, drive myself to say screw it I'm going to try to go into spring training like I do every year and not really worry about being out of options or you know who we sign or what we do I'm just going to go out there and and do the best I can do and pitch the way I know how to pitch and but I mean ultimately yeah I'd love to be a starter but it's also hard to think about pitching for somebody else when I've been with the Red Sox since 2012 it's, it's weird. You know, I, you know, I was talking to Daniel Vanji about that and he's, you know, obviously he gets it. So that was a little weird for me thinking about pitching for somebody else, but ultimately it's, you know, just going out there and what's next for me, I guess the answer would be spring training and see what happens. Like I just going to go day to day. All right. Well, keep going day to day because you know, you deserve to go day to day after. Oh, I forgot this. This is a very important question. What are you going to do with your World Series share? That came out today, how much you guys made. Um, Full share. Full share for Brian Johnson. I'm paying off the house I share with my dad. Okay. And then then I I, I bought a jet ski, and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. And and as I tweeted out, um, it's so it's so, one of the coolest things is seeing like the clubhouse guys, you know, they get their share, whatever it is. I mean, these are life changing things. This is yeah. what was it, almost 500 grand something or something along those lines or whatever it was. But yeah, it's life changing for these guys. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's awesome. Well, okay. I'm glad you got the jet ski and I'm glad you got the, the parents house, or the father's house paid off. And I'm also glad that you uh you had such such a successful year you well deserved i know how much you've uh, worked for it overcome um and uh big things ahead for brian and a trip to japan as well congratulations with that sir thank you Rel. i appreciate it and sorry to take up so much of your time but uh okay. all right all right brian man i'll see you later all right, we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 